This is a Liberty Baptist Church sermon podcast. LBC is pastored by Jordan Zeke and exists to reach the lost, disciple the saved, and send the called. For more information on our church, please check out our website at lbcspokane.com. We hope that you are encouraged by today's sermon and that it draws you closer to God. Well, if you'll turn your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in Luke chapter 4, and we are going to be continuing our series talking about the building up of Jesus' ministry. We've talked about uh, the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and we talked about Jesus' birth, and we're talking about all of Jesus throughout the book of Luke. And we're currently talking about Christ as he looks to build up his earthly ministry. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 30. I'll give you uh, just a second to turn there. But um, if you remember last week, um, I forgot it. Oh, that's what it was. I don't know why I forgot because it's right here in my Bible. Uh, Last week we had talked about Jesus preaching in the synagogues and the people getting upset. And them being upset because they believed that he did not have the authority to say the things he was saying. And today, actually, the continuation of chapter 4, it's, it's, it's funny to me because if we look at, and what we're going to look at, is that this entire story, after what just happened, is Christ showing his authority. Last week, we, we saw that people were upset because he, they didn't feel that he had the correct authority to say what he was saying, saying that, you know, prophecy has been fulfilled today and that you're not going to accept me because people don't accept their, the, other peop, the other prophets around their own home. But now, today, what we're about to read is Christ showing his authority. So if you'll read with me in Luke chapter 4, starting in thir- verse 30 through 44, this is what it says says, but he, passing through the midst of them, went his way and came down to Capernaum, a city in Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. And in the synagogues there was a man which had the spirit of an unclean devil, crying, cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone, what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who, art, who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked them, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and heard him not. And they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about, and he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house, and Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. And they besought him for her, and he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and ministered unto them. Now when the sun was setting, all they that had, uh, that had any sick with the diverse de- diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And devils also came out of many, crying and saying, Thou art son- the Christ, the Son of God. And he, rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ." The last two verses, starting from 42, it's in when he, and when it was day, he departed and went to a desert place, and the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him, that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. 
for therefore I am sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. So this whole story, as we're kind of going to break it down, it talks about Jesus' authority, the authority that he has over a couple different things. The first thing that we see that Jesus' authority he has over is that it is over the spiritual, that it is over the things of the, of the, the spirit realm, of, of not our physical beings and not the things that we can see, but the things that we can't see. This is, this is the first time out of seven different uh, casting out of demons that Jesus did that we see. But we see that Jesus has the authority over, over the spiritual. We know that because the demons knew who Jesus was, and they, I said was scared, that's not good English, they were scared. The demon knew who Jesus was, and they were scared. They were frightened. I mean, I mean, he said, is this today, did you come to destroy me? Is, is this, this it for me? They know, hey, God has the authority over what I can and cannot do. We see this in James chapter 2, verse 19. It says, thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. We know that because Jesus is God, because there is only one God, that he has control over all the spiritual. He has control over all the demons. They're only around because he allows them to be around. But we see this same statement in Luke 8, 28, which we'll read in a couple weeks, but it says, when he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell before him with a loud voice and said, what, I ha- what do I have to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of uh, God, the most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. These, these demons, they, they get worried and scared because they think, Hey, my time of reckoning has come. The end of what's going to, what I am here to do has come. The demons thought that their time had come to be, pa- to be tossed into the pit that the Bible says they'll be tossed into. Luke 8.31 says, And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. Matthew 8.29 says, And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, the Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? They know, hey, at the end, this, we're only here on this earth for so long. We're only here to do what we want to do, to do our job, to, do, you know, to torment these people, to, to do whatever for a certain amount of time. But they know that in Luke 40, 4.21, when, when, Christ, or when Christ had said, or finished reading, he said, this is the day that Scripture is fulfilled in your ears. They know that he has come to fulfill the Scripture. And if they're going to eventually, the scripture says, be put into a pit, be cast out because they, uh, like Lucifer, disobeyed God and they went against him and they went against what they were made to do, then they know that, hey, Christ, who is God, has the authority to throw us away, to get us gone, to get us out of here. So the demons understand his authority and they're scared. But not only that, the, the, the demons knew who Jesus was and they obeyed him. Because of that fear, because they thought, man, if I don't do what Jesus tells me to, he is the son of God, he is the Jesus of Nazareth, he is the one who prophecy has said would come. If we don't obey him, then he is going to toss us out. He is going to get rid of us. We see in Mark chapter 9, 25 through 29, it says this, 
And Jesus saw that the people came running together, and, re- and he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter into him no more. And the spirit cried, and rent him sore, and came out of him, and he was one as, as he was one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. So there was a spirit of, in this one guy, and Christ said, Hey, come out of him, and the spirit tore him up so much that people thought he was dead. But this is what happened. Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him, Christ, privately, Why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind came forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. The the disciples, they did eventually cast out spirits, and they cast out demons in Jesus' name. But Christ says, Hey, I can do this because I'm prepared for it. Because I have the authority. We saw before he even started his ministry that he went into the wilderness. He fasted. He prayed. He had that communication with God. He started off with his baptism with the spirit coming down and God saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. We see all of this building up to finally Jesus begins to do his ministry and casting out demons by showing his authority. Now, this is, it's, it's interesting because we also see that not only did Jesus cast them out, not only were they scared of Jesus because they knew his authority, but he also told them each time, he said, hey, be silent. Stop. Don't talk. He said he, he silenced them, I, I would think, because he didn't need the testimony of these demons. He didn't want these demons to start proclaiming who he was and to, to bring him out before it was his time. That's one of the things he had to deal with with his disciples is they, um, as, he, as we'll see, uh, as he begins to collect these disciples, they begin to see these, these miracles and they're like, man, we need to go tell everybody. We need to tell them who he is and we need them to know. And he says, no, my time has not come. If you do this, it's gonna, my name's going to get huge and I'm not going to be able to do the things I've come here to do. And so that's kind of the same thing that he's saying here. He says he uh, he silences them because he knew who they were, Uh, or they knew who he was. We look at uh, verses like Luke 4.35, and it says, in Jesus, uh, which is what our verse is today, Jesus rebuked him and said, hold thy peace and come out of him. And uh, And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out and heard him not. And then verse 41, the devils also came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art the Christ, the Son of God, and rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. In Mark one twenty-five, we see Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. Time and time again, we see that Christ is saying, Hey, I have the authority over you. I'm going to cast you out, but I don't want you to make a big deal out of it. Don't make it, don't, don't go... You know, stop talking because you know who I am. I don't need your testimony. I don't need the things that you have to say. Why does he not need that? Because God has already done that. A couple weeks ago, we talked and we, we, we read about Jesus' baptism and again, how the Holy Spirit came down onto him, but then all of a sudden, God, a voice came from heaven and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. God already put his stamp of approval on Christ. He already put what what everybody else was curious about. He already said, this is my son. He has the authority. We even see, um, and we'll look at it in in a little bit, but we even see that, that the Bible says that Christ is God. 
that he doesn't need the authority and this, this, this stamp of approval because he's already got it. There's no, there's no need to get approved when you're already approved. But Jesus silenced these demons because they knew who he was. We see that this story talks about Jesus' authority over the spiritual. But the second thing that it shows us is that Jesus' authority is also over the physical. We saw that he cast out demons, but then the next part of the story is that he went and he, uh, he found Peter, who is, uh, who is Simon, Simon Peter. We see that his mother-in-law is sick with a fever. And Christ comes before her and he rebukes the fever and it immediately goes away. We see that sickness ceases when Jesus tells it to. Demons fear and obey God and Christ but not only that, our physical illnesses obey Christ. When he rebuked this fever, it was gone. When he said, hey, when, when he healed all these other people, it was immediate. Because sickness and ailment has nothing over the authority of Christ. Matthew eight fourteen through 17 says this, And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house and saw his wife's mother laid, and the sick of fever, and he touched her head, and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered unto them. And when, and even, oh, and the even was come, and they brought him unto him, many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out those spirits with his word, and healed that was sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoke, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, uh, "Him himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses." This whole, this whole second understanding of this story is we, we just read in Luke, but then in Matthew it tells this same story of Christ coming unto Peter's mother-in-law and he gets the fever gone and then he rebukes the demons all because of what? Because of prophecy. Because that's what he came to do. We saw last week how, how he read from Isaiah and he said, hey, today scripture is fulfilled. That's what I've come here to do. But not only that, but we see in Matthew that he healed and he cast out demons for the same reason that he read in the synagogues, to fulfill prophecy. This prophecy is, is uh, ref in reference to Isaiah 53, 4-6 that says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with, the stripe, with his stripes we were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have termed everyone, of, uh, everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of, of us all. Jesus has the authority over sickness because he came to take on our grief. He came to have that authority to not, not get rid of everything because we see that in life and in circumstances that even though we might pray, hey God, take this away. God, if it, be, if it be your will, get rid of this, heal this person, do this. Just because we pray that doesn't mean it's going to happen. But Christ came to help us. He came to heal the sick, to get, to get rid of, of the demons, the, the possessions and all of this stuff. And it started right here. This is the beginning of, of his entire healing ministry. We see that he heals, and in Luke, the very first time that we see is that he heals Peter's mother-in-law of fever by saying, hey, get away. 
you're gone, and then it's done. And then after that, we see that people came unto him, and he healed their sicknesses. We know that Christ has authority over the physical. But this healing was public. It was something that everybody could see. That's one of the reasons why he said, hey, don't go proclaiming my name. Don't go doing this. My time hasn't come. But he still wanted people to see it. It was a public, but it was for the purpose of showing his authority to preach God's word. We know that he already had the authority. He already had the stamp of approval by God, by the Holy Spirit, by John, by all of these different people. But he began doing these miracles for the same reason that he allowed the disciples to do the miracles. So that way they could have that stamp of approval saying, hey, this is of God. This is, this does give them authority to preach God's word, to share with us God's word. Now, now we believe that um, if you were here a couple weeks ago in Sunday school, we talked about the, the spiritual gifts and we talked about how healing and tongues and different things like that, some of those gifts were given to the apostles for the sake of being a sign for people. Because people need a sign. People have complaints. People feel that they need some recognition and some stamp, like I've been saying, to say they're okay to do that. That's why Christ is healing. That's why Christ is casting out demons. That's why he gives his disciples that same power. Because it's to show people, hey, we're not doing this for our sake. We're doing this because of God. So we see in this story that Jesus has, he, he has the authority over the spiritual, he has it over the physical, but the last thing that we see that Jesus' authority is, is that it's always there. It's over the spiritual, it's over the physical, but it's always there. The people didn't see Christ as authoritative. We know this. In Luke 2, we see him in, in the temple, and we saw that, you know, while he, was, while he was a child at the age of 12, he was preaching to, to these doctors, and he was asking questions, and they were amazed because he's a 12-year-old kid. They didn't think, man, this guy's got authority. This, this, this kid has it all together. No, they just saw him as a child, as Joseph's child, and they didn't see him as authoritative. We see this in, in uh, Luke chapter 4, uh, 22 through 29, well, um, last week, is that after he had said, hey, this is, this is what I've come to do, this is why I'm here, this is me fulfilling prophecy, they got upset because, no, they, this is Joseph's son. This isn't anybody special. This is a kid that he grew up here. We saw, we saw him playing with his brothers. We saw this. We saw that. He can't have authority. He hasn't had authority this entire time. They didn't think that, but we know, looking back, having the entirety of scriptures, we know that Christ has always had that authority. Christ amazed the doctors because he was blessed by God, because he is the son of God. And then last week, when, we, when he made everybody upset, and they were upset because they didn't think he had the authority, we know he did because he's the one who came to fulfill that scripture. Christ's authority is not dependent upon our belief. Christ's authority does not matter whether we think he, he has it or not. Christ was at the beginning and his authority comes from God because he is God. Whether we believe it or not, that's the truth. That's what the Bible says. That's what, that's what we are here to proclaim. Is that Christ always had the authority. 
For, or John 1 verses 1 through 5 says this. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. This entire thing is saying, hey, Christ was there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we know that Christ is the Word. So because Christ was at the beginning, because Christ helped help create us and design us, we even know that from the beginning of Genesis when it says, hey, let us, let us make man in our image, the triunity of God talking to themselves, we know that Christ has the authority whether we think so or not. All of these people doubted whether Christ could do it, whether Christ could say what he is saying, whether Christ could do the miracles that he was doing, but he could. Whether they thought he should or not, that's beside the point because he had the authority. I want to read this, this statement again. Christ's authority is not dependent upon our belief. Whether we believe Christ is or Christ isn't, Christ is. It doesn't matter whether, whether people try and go around saying, I feel in this world... One of the biggest things that people, you know, the, one of the biggest hiccups in just religion in general is sometimes some religions can get behind what the Bible is saying and they're like, yeah, that's good and that's good for morality and that's good for all this stuff, but Christ isn't the Son of God. That's kind of their hiccup. But then that doesn't change who Christ is. Whether they want to believe that Christ is the Son of God or not, that's between them and God. But what our Bible says is that Christ was at the beginning. Christ is God. Christ is with God. Even Christ himself proclaims to be one with God. I, am the, I and my Father are one. And so that gives him the authority. You can't, you can't make something and then somebody say, all right, now that you've made that, I get to choose what to do with it. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't sell it. It's, it's mine now. No. Christ made us. God made us. So he has the authority to help us. He has the authority to, to, to prophesy. He has the authority to proclaim himself as God. This entire, uh, entire scripture is it's big because it's the first time that we see Christ showing his authority. You know, before he had just, he's getting started and he was fasting and he was getting baptized and doing all these things as an example of how we're supposed to. But now he's finally showing and allowing people to see, hey, this is Christ. The one who we've been waiting for, the one who, who we've been prophesying about, this is him. And this is when people really start believing it. Because, man, this guy's doing miracles. That's the whole point of miracles, is, is to be a sign for Christ. And so this entire story, we see that Christ is over the spiritual. He's over the physical, but his authority has always been there. One verse that always sticks out to me uh, when, when I, I can't remember the reference. I'm so bad at references. But I know is that we wrestle not against or, uh, flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. That's the things that, we're, that we, we as humans wrestle with. We're not, yes, we get sick, yes, because of, because of the original sin, sickness came in and all this stuff, but we wrestle against our own 
thoughts. We wrestle against the demons that are, are fighting for our lives. We have, we, I believe that we have guardian angels around us to protect us. But one thing that, that's important uh, that I read in one of my commentaries this week, and I, I want to uh, tell it to you, is that we don't see in the Bible believers getting possessed because Christ already has the authority. And if we are part of Christ, if we are in the body of Christ, then they're not going to touch us. There's not going to, they don't have the authority to mess with God's children. Christ has the authority regardless of whether we think so or not. And if we're a part of Christ and we believe in his death, his burial, his resurrection, then we are in the body of Christ. Today, this, uh, this morning, um, Tim Ray, he did an amazing job of talking about soteriology, about this, the doctrine of salvation. And it's important for us to realize that the only reason we can be saved, the only reason that salvation works, is because Christ has the authority to make it work. It doesn't, he talked about, it doesn't matter whether, uh, whether we do good things or not, salvation is not dependent upon us, it's dependent upon Christ. But because he lived a sinless life, because he was the son of God, because he was at the beginning of time, he has the authority to take away our sins. Today, uh, I just want to take a moment and to, to bow our heads and just close our eyes and I just want to pray for us. I know, uh, again, is that um, it's been a, definitely a long year, but I think today is a good reminder for us to just realize that no matter what we're going through in life, no matter what issues we have, no matter what problems in life, Christ has the authority to deal with it. He had the authority to deal with these demons. He had the authority to deal with these sicknesses, and he always has the authority, whether we think so or not. Christ's authority is not dependent upon our belief. I want to just take a moment and then um, I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing a song and to be able to um, take the offering. But I just want to pray with you guys today that we would be reminded that we're not in control. God's in control. He has a plan because he has the authority to make the plans. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for today and just for this opportunity for us to, to read your word and to be able to see that you have the authority, that you are in control, that, that you are over the demons, you're over the spiritual, you're over our health, and you've always been over it, and you always will be over it. We know that there's lots of, lots of sickness going around and lots of death and lots of sadness, but we also know there's life, that there's happiness, there's joy. So we thank you today for allowing us to sit in your authority, to be able to, to be a part of your family if we have accepted you, Lord. We thank you, we love you, in Jesus' name, amen. So at this time, we're going to take a moment, we're going um, to sing a song together, one last closing song, and then um, I'm going to pray right before we sing our song, and we're just going to take an offering for our building trying to pay it off, trying to improve it a little bit. And I, I'm not, you know, this, you do not have to give. This is, uh, this is not something you have to do. 
This is just something that we are trying to do as a church, trying to make it that we own this building and we can do with it what we want. We can make it God's. We can, we can adjust some things and, and update some things. And so today we're, we're glad that this is the first day. There's going to be two more giving uh, Sundays in two months and then four months from now. And so um, don't feel stressed today. But uh, with that, I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing one last song, all right? Dear Lord, thank you for today, and we just want to ask for uh, a blessing over, over just this giving, over our church, over our building, and just help us to be able to uh, raise the money to just to pay off our mortgage, to own our building, to take pride in what you have given us. We love you, and we thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen.